0: trivia, discussions, opinions, and the chance to have your say. Welcome to the Topical Resort.
1: Oh boy, it's the thing that wasn't supposed to happen and then it happened because I decided it was going to happen in the end. Yes, welcome to another quote-unquote lovely episode of the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. So uh, the summer was a bit of an experimental time for this show We tried out a few different show formats while I tried to figure out which ones worked and which ones didn't. One of the ones which I felt worked better was um, a question question or opinion based episode. So today on the Topical Resort, we're going to be returning to this format and we also ask you the question, what Sega franchises would you like to see return? First of all, we're going to start you off with two tracks from two franchises I'd like to see return, but we don't have time to talk about today, so let's get started. You okay. okay. With that, officially, welcome back to the Topical Resort for another week. I, as always, am your host, Green Vaporate, and today we've got quite a bit of a jam-packed show for you, because as I mentioned earlier, today we ask you the question, what Sega franchises would you like to see return? Now, it doesn't even have to be a franchise, it can just be, you know, a a single game, a couple of games, you know, it didn't have to be like, have a massive following at the time, but you know, just a single game that you'd like to see a sequel to, or something like that. We'd love to hear, you know what you'd like to see and we'd also like your music request this is very important um send me your music request through um either twitter at radio sega at topical resort at green Vaporate or send it to me on discord radio se.ga4 discord and from there i'll play your request as well as read out what franchises you would like to return because today the show is mostly centered around you and for once it's not centered around me because you know it, it's not about me anymore, it's about you guys Because that's what these, obviously, these whole Episodes are about So, um, the first two tracks that you just heard there, um The last one you just heard there was from Bayonetta 2 That was Moon River, Infinite Climax Mix An absolutely lovely track as well, and, um For those of you who've never heard of the Bayonetta series It is basically a, um was the correct term? Because it's not necessarily a beat uh, Actually, I'm going to look at what Wikipedia defines it as Um because I don't exactly know how to describe it. it's sort of beat him up, sort of not. Um... Action, hack and slash. Okay. So an action, hack hack and slash is what it is. So yeah, it's an it's an incredibly g- great series. The original game is available on PS3 and Xbox. Well, so I wouldn't get it on PS3. It also recently got ported to PC. And a while back, it was ported to Wii U, which is, in my opinion, the best way to play the game. And the second game was actually exclusive to the Wii U, so... If you're a fa- if you like, if you know, played the first game on PC or something, and you're a fan of it, you know, pick up a Wii U and get the second game. You probably won't regret it. Uh, but before that, was from Jet Set Radio Future, and the Jet Set Radio series is a series which is defined by Wikipedia as a uh, action game slash platformer. So basically, the game revolves around you tagging graffiti while uh, listening to some of the sickest tunes in gaming history, and just in general, you know, blazing up the city. And uh, that's from the sequel, which was only released on the original Xbox, whereas the original game was released on Dreamcast and then later ported to PC, Xbox 360, and PS3. I'd recommend you, um, if you can, play uh, Jet Set Ready Future because I think that's the better game of the two and the one that's held up best. But yeah, both are great games. I'd highly recommend you check them out wherever you can because, you know, all of these games you should really check out because all these games are awesome. So uh, we've also got... um so I guess I want to go ahead and talk about a, um, one of the franchises I'd actually like to see return that um, I have time to talk about here because um, for like the ones that I'm actually going to be talking about in depth I tried to make them you know less um, I tried to make them less sort of well-known franchises. well known franchises like these are well known franchises but not you know like your jet set radios your knights and all that sort of stuff you know Seg like franchise that everyone knows. I tried to make it a little more obscure, although it's not like, you know, <laughs> we're digging into, like, the back catalogue of the SG-1000 with some obscure series. Uh, Jamie says, Wikipedia classes Jet Set Road is a platformer. Well, I guess it sort of is, because there are, like, platforming aspects to it. And I think that, out of, like, all the genres you can define it as, it's probably, like, the clearest way to define it. So, um the House of the Dead series is one of the series I'd like to talk about, obviously with it being close to Halloween and also I think it is just a great series that really just sort of holds up. Um House of the Dead is a is a rail shooter, and for those of you who don't know what a rail shooter is, it's basically a um shoot a shooter game, you know what those are pretty much. You know, you have a gun and you shoot things. Except it's on rails, meaning, you know, it's scripted, but you just aim at the stuff that's on screen. These type of games are typically best suited to light gun games, which is exactly what this is. Light gun game is where you have a, like, physical light gun accessory in your hand, and then you shoot it at a uh, screen. So, you know, it's like you're holding a real gun and shooting it, obviously. Uh, All of these games have been released as light gun games at some point, although some games like House of the Dead Overkill have been released on PC, where obviously you can just use a keyboard and mouse. Um, I'd recommend these games, they're actually a great lot of fun, and obviously especially with it being close to Halloween, and they have more sort of horror-themed, um, you know, gameplay elements. I'd highly recommend you check it out this sort of time of year, especially, and a lot of the games are like decently easy to find, like House of the Dead Overkill is always very cheap, uh, no matter what platform you get it on, but uh, the original 4 uh, are quite easy to find. Um, you yeah, I'd highly recommend you pick them up. Obviously, the original, the original ones, a bit hard to find. But most of the time, when people ask like House of the Dead games, they want to, or they should play. I normally recommend House of the Dead two on the Dreamcast, and uh, House of the Dead Overkill at least on the Wii or on the PS3, or on the PC. Jamie also says, don't forget Typing of the Dead. Exactly. For those of you who don't know what Typing of the Dead was, that is a um, it's a um conversion of House of the Dead that was um, released in arcades and then later on the Dreamcast, that instead of using a gun, you actually used a keyboard, so you you have to type words that appeared on screen to kill zombies. It is a very cool game and it is very fun to play, because there is a PC version of it as well. And obviously, you know, when you have a nice crisp keyboard, uh, you know, not bragging, but when you have a nice crisp keyboard, it is very fun to play. So um, yeah, I'd honestly recommend you check out Typing of the Dead. Um, the easiest way to get into the series is uh, the PC Steam release, House uh, House of the Dead Overkill on Steam includes Typing of the De- Typing of the Dead Overkill. The second easiest way is probably getting Typing of the Dead on the Dreamcast, which is a bit more tricky, but you know it's not too difficult. But yeah, like there were also a few other spin-offs for House of the Dead. Like there was a um, English of the Dead, it was called for DS, and English of the Dead was basically. Um, a DS port of House of the Dead 2, except instead of having a gun, you'd have to write words in English, because it was supposed to teach Japanese people English. It's a very interesting release, and obviously it is incredibly easy to play if you already know English. (laughs) So, you know, maybe check that out, just because of how sort of bizarre that is. And um, obviously, recently there was the recently announced uh, Darts of the Dead, which I basically know nothing about, so I cannot really speak about that game. Uh, Jamie says, then there's Typing of the Dead Overkill, which is the one I just mentioned on Steam. Yes, because the one on Steam, as I mentioned, is probably the easiest way to get into the game, because obviously, you know, you don't have to go out and hunt for a Dreamcast, and you don't have to go out and hunt for the Dreamcast keyboard and the game. Ah, Jamie is right, there was also Pinball of the Dead on GBA, which we actually played a few weeks back on the, uh, on the uh, Sega GBA Games episode. And we also talked about House of the Dead a lot more in-depth on the um, Sega Gun Games episode, which was... I'm back in July, so I'd recommend you check those two out if you want a bit more detail on, uh, you know, what gun games are, or like the House of the Dead games, and all that sort of stuff, because, um, you know, this game isn't about isn't about gun games, and isn't about explaining, you know, House of the Dead and its mechanics, it's about, you know, talking about as many great games as we can, and many great franchises that we want to return so the main reason I really want to see this franchise return is because of, um, I believe A, it is very marketable, because these are the sort of games that just perform well in arcades. Like, arcades is obviously going to be the main p- appeal for this game in home console ports where possible, but I real- I feel like I sort of want to see this franchise return because of how, um, yeah, because, like I said, it is always very popular among arcades, because people, um, yeah, uh, sorry, I appear to be repeating myself, but, um, you know, light gun games are just like very sort of pick up and play. Anyone can play them, and you don't really need any experience because all you do is just shoot at targets on screen. And therefore, it performs well. And it's also just they are incredibly fun games, despite the fact there's been five of them now. They just never really feel stale. They always sort of stay um, consistently fun, even though it's like the same premise. Which is why I personally like to see the House of the Dead series return. Obviously, if you like to see the House of the Dead series return, you know, let me know. Shoot me a message on uh, Twitter, which I've already given you links to, or maybe shoot me a message on Discord. All that sort of stuff. But we're going to get into playing some music from the uh, House of the Dead series. So I'm going to start you off with a track from House of the Dead 2. This is the boss theme, right here on the Topical Resort.
0: next request resort send your request relating to the topic of the episode in a tweet to at radio sega or the green viper eight or send it in a discord dm to green viper eight through our discord server at radio se.ga forward slash discord
1: and welcome back to the topical resort i was actually waiting for the uh little, um, you know, hasty history jingles play that and I remembered, hang on a second, that's not happening today, because we've got more games to talk about, but first, we've got to list you what games we just talked about. So, from the House of the Dead Overkill, that was Washington's theme, which apparently, uh, trolled a few people in the chat, because they were expecting it to be the version with lyrics, but, uh, no. Uh, I can't exactly play the version with lyrics, <laughs> <laughs> at almost half past nine, half past seven on a, um, Friday night, because, yeah, um, it's not exactly most (laughs) child-friendly. I I think that's actually quite an understatement, actually, considering, um, that song. But uh, before that, from House of the Dead 2, that was the boss theme. And now, the next franchise I will be talking about is a, um, a quite a recent Sega franchise. So, uh, let me just quickly get up what it's actually defined as, um... What is it listed under on here? Um, Oh, okay, it's going to be listed under here. So, um, apparently I'm going to be talking about another beat-em-up, and it is another beat-em-up by Platinum Games, no less, because I would like to talk about the uh, Mad World series and how I would like to see the Mad World series return in the future. So, for those of you who don't know what it is, um, basically it is two completely different games, which are tied into one franchise because they're, they're both um, beat-em-ups but they're also both contain all the same characters in the same worlds even though they have practically nothing to do with each other and um, they're very loosely connected but they are still connected which is why uh, it's counted, Which is why I counted this as a series. So um, yeah, as I said, it is a uh, beat-em-up made by um, Platinum Games, the first first one was a bit more hack and slash, and uh, Anarchy Reigns was a lot more um, shooter-based. Um, honestly, both of the games are really good, but one of the main flaws... Or, like, a flaw that isn't really the game's fault. One of the main flaws I have with the series is just how criminally underrated it is. Because, you know, there are, it's honestly, like, the games didn't do badly, but you know, barely anyone knows about them. And they're like bargain bin prices when you see them in game stores. Like I got my copy of Madwell for 59p, and I got my copy of <laughs> Anarchy Reigns for like £2. And, um, you know, people did buy these games, but they've nowadays they've just been sort of tossed to the side, and barely anyone knows them. Which is a shame, because they're honestly really great games. You know, if you're a fan of um, platinum games, or a fan of um, general sort of beat-em-up style games, or action games... Definitely pick up these two games. They are awesome, and you will have a quite quite a good time, you know, playing through them. Um, as as with House of the Dead, uh, these games are quite violent, so I wouldn't recommend them to uh, children, obviously. But you know, they're honestly like really good arcade sort of arcade in you know simple pick up and play. Um, <laughs> uh, what's the uh, word that I am looking for? Um. You know, it's sort of like <laughs> relieve stress that sort of thing, you know. Kill no no, okay, we can't even say. I was going to say killing back all those killing all those people is just <laughs> incredibly relaxing. <laughs> no, okay. Um yeah, I would love to I'd love to see the series return because um I like to see it have a second chance because these games didn't really get all the love they deserve. And one of the ways I said that they could have got the love they deserve was actually ports to Steam back when Platinum Games were porting their other games to Steam, such as Vanquish and Bayonetta. They had an opportunity to port these two games, and I honestly don't know why they didn't, because I know, for example, Mad World would look absolutely gorgeous at um, 1080p or even 4K, you know, uh, so it just sort of baffled me why they chose, you know, Vanquish. You know, people like Vanquish, but, um, it sort of baffled me why that was, um, like, the game of a mixed reception that even less people knew was chosen over Mad World. That was just me, yeah, but, um, anyway, I'd really like to see a sequel or just a continuation because I'd like to see a second chance for this franchise. I'd like to see it sort of prosper and, um, you know, um, really just sort of capture the audience that it really went for with the first game. Because obviously this is not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but you know, there are a lot of people out there whose cup of tea this is. So, you know, why not not appeal to that market? Oh, um... Electric Boogaloo says... Oh, also hello to Electric Boogaloo, he just popped in the chat. Uh, I forgot about the best House of the Dead spin-off, Loving Deads. Um... House of the Dead... Oh yeah! I I know House of the Dead EX. That is an interesting game. But barely anyone counts that as a House of the Dead game because of how different it is. <laughs> it's really odd, actually. And there, um, for those of you who know Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing, the uh, two zombie characters that appear in that are from House of the Dead EX. There, it was a Japan-only game. Uh, Jamie says, the best thing about Mad World and Anarchy Reigns is Steve Bloom's performance, also the artistic style of Mad World, which was nothing but black, white and red, which I believe Platinum Games were inspired by Sin City. Very interesting. I, as I said, one of the best things about Mad World is the art style. It sort of captures this sort of lovely just black and white and red look. Obviously the red coming from all the uh, all, all the blood being, being splattered, but let's ignore that part. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I think we're going to get on with um, some more music in a second because um, we're going to be starting off our request resort block, which will be scattered throughout the show. You know, we're going to be spreading out these requests throughout the show not getting them all in one sort of go. So uh, The first person sent in a request was Electric Boogaloo, and uh, Electric Boogaloo said these aren't franchises per se because he sent in two, but Sega Games that definitely deserve a chance to make the spotlight. First, I'd love to see a sequel to Burning Rangers. Being a late Saturn release, it made it a relatively obscure property that had so much potential. i am thought new players would really get a kick out of blasting fires with laser guns. And I definitely have to agree, I think Burning Rangers is one of those franchises that, like like Knight, if it had the same opportunities as Knight, it could have really prospered as well and become a very popular Sega franchise. But, um, Electric Briggle also says back in the main chat, it only came out in Japan, but will, will completely display in English when played on a Western Lindbergh board in reference to House of the Dead EX. Interesting. Anyway, we're going to get back, we're going to uh, come back to you guys in a minute, but first of all, we're going to play some more music. I'm gonna start you off with a track from Anarchy Reigns, also known as Max Anarchy in Japan. This is Fast Lane right here on the Topical Resort.
2: Injection action from my femur to my collarbone Gone in 60 seconds as I'm blasted through the danger zone Double time and rhyming, stopping on a dime Tend with the tickets like you know I'm clocking in my time Barriers are broken from the subsonic wave I'm all gassed up knowing that the fast lane pain. Eat my thug, you're too damn Rock and roll ignition, rapid disposition I'm blasting supersonic On a fuel-injected mission in intake, fossil fuel with the turbo boost Cross the finish line because I'm cranking one juice. Buckle up for safety cause you know about the blast off Wilking all the records till you and you better back off Speeding like a demon must be dreaming that my ass
1: Welcome back to the Topical Resort, right here on Radio Sega. What you just heard there was from Burning Rangers. That was the one of the main themes, Angels with Burning Hearts, sung by the amazing Dennis St. James as, uh, wait, I can't speak. Yes, Dennis St. James, apologies there. I was trying to uh, read Discord while um, speaking and doing a million different things at the same time, and it didn't go as planned. But yes, and before that, from Anarchy Reigns, also known as Max Anarchy in Japan, that was Fast Lane. I think that's the track everyone sort of associates with um, with Anarchy Reigns. Um, yeah, but so now we are on to another Sega franchise, and this is a franchise that I don't have much experience with, but um, I'd still like to include it on this list anyway. So uh, this franchise is the, um, or it's more sort of a series. This one. This series is the uh, Panzer Dragoon series, um, partly at the request of Panzer Dragoon World on Twitter, who um, wanted to hear about Panzer Dragoon today, and partly because, you know, I-, I wanted to talk about Panzer Dragoon, is that okay? I'm joking of course, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, we're, we're going to look at the official definition for what the Panzer Dragoon series is, according to... Uh, Wikipedia, the good old Wikipedia. That is a rail shooter and a, a third-person shooter. Um, basically, um, yeah. So the Paz Dragon series is a um third-person slash rail shooter, which um, focuses around a more sort of fantasy setting rather than you know most light gun games either having a uh, crime or futuristic setting. So you know, you get something a bit different. And obviously, uh, as the dragoon part of the name implies, you know obviously uh you know dragons slash dragoons are quite a big part of um of the game yes but um the main reason i would probably like to see this franchise return is just because once again like the like sort of mad world and anarchy reigns it never really got the chance it needed to sort of uh, prosper in a in the market as such because all the games were released for the sega saturn and on top of that, probably the most famous of the games, the um, fa- the them, uh, 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 Panzer Dragoon Saga. Uh, uh, Discord. <laughs> uh, the most famous of the games, Panzer Dragoon Saga, um, was released right at the end of the Saturn's lifetime, meaning it's rather hard to come by, as are the rest of the games in the series. Not as hard as Panzer Dragoon Saga, but still pretty hard to come by. So as such, uh, no one ever really paid much attention, and uh, thus uh, not really much interest. Or there was interest, obviously, from hardcore fans, but you know, no general sort of interest among the public. Uh, so obviously, you know, either having a remake or having some sort of revival of the franchise would obviously, you know, actually give it the um, correct marketing it needed. Oh, uh, Electric Blue is right. Electric Blue says, um, Panzergood also came out on the Xbox rather than the Saturn. I forgot about Auto. Yeah, but, um, it didn't really ever get the chance it sort of needed. It never really got, like, the appeal. or It never really got its appeal right. In that, um, it, it always sort of tried to appeal to the wrong market. It never sort of tried to appeal to, like, the fantasy market. It would have really liked it. It appealed to you know, shooter fans, and obviously shooter fans, I'm going to want to play, I'm not going to want to play this fantasy game. You know, this game which is, you know, set in a mythical world. I always thought it sort of, like, you know, aimed for the wrong market in that sort of regard, which is why I don't think it did as well. But, obviously, um, you know, it had a chance to sort of do something, and uh, it didn't, so... Um, yeah, just any sort of, um game nowadays would be enough publicity due to obviously how the internet and um, obviously gaming culture has flourished a lot more since the 90s. It would obviously be a lot easier to get the word out there compared to traditional marketing for this game. Uh, Electric Wiggly also says there is also Panzer Dragoon Mini on the Game Gear. I didn't know that was a thing. That is a thing. Okay, that is interesting. Um, (laughs) So Anyway, I think that's pretty much all I have to say on the Region franchise. Obviously, if you have anything to say on any of the franchises I'm talking about, you know, send us a message on Discord, gf4/slash Discord, and just join the public server from there. And um, after that, or if you don't want to do that, we have other places. You can talk to us. You can talk to us on Facebook, uh, at Radio Sega. Or you can talk to us on Twitter, at Radio Sega, at Topic Resort, at The TheGreenViper8. All of those places... You know, I will listen, I I will t- I will talk to you. Um Electric Bullet also says that <laughs> he's proving me wrong once again. The first Panzer Dragoon has ports to Windows, Xbox brackets through Auta, and PS2, the Sega Ages Japanese release only. So it did it did get around, but for the most part it's sort of associated with the Saturn and it didn't really see much success either on the consoles outside the Saturn, which I think is why I am also associated with the Saturn. But, um, so now that we're done, now that we're done talking about Panzer Dragoon, um, we are going to talk about another franchise, but first I need to queue up this track, um, you want to, I'm trying to find it, um, uh, James said he forgot about the Windows release uh, I, I completely forgot about it until I was playing Sonic 3D Blast and then some or Sonic 3D Blast on PC yesterday then someone brought up, oh hey there's a Panzer Dragoon PC release which I forgot existed um oh yeah right I need S don't I uh, yeah we'll put that there yeah so uh, anyway our next Sega franchise that we'd like to see return comes from Jamie64326, obviously a regular over in our Discord. And uh, he says, I'd like to see Space Harrier return. Although the sequel wasn't as good to me, or, and, uh, although the sequel... I'd like to see the Space (laughs)
3: Harrier... I can't.
1: (laughs) I'd like to see Space Harrier return. Although to me the sequel wasn't as good, they brought in fast-paced, on-rail, shooting action, with probably one of the best arcade themes of the 80s. It was also done. It was also done by someone who became a Sega veteran in terms of development, Yu Suzuki. The later brought Hang-On, Afterburner, Virtua Fighter, and of course Shenmue. My first experience with the game was with Sega Superstars Tennis, with the Space Harrier minigame. It was after that that I played an emulated port on the Sega Mega Drive Ultimate Collection for the Xbox 360. And then he lists his tracks that he would like to request. Ah, uh, interesting. Okay. Uh, I actually never knew this. Electric Boogaloo says, uh, late in the Game Gear's life cycle, it was rebranded as the Kids Gear in Japan. That is odd. I did not know that. How bizarre. Kids Gear. I genuinely never heard anyone talk about that. Okay. <laughs> so while I'm busy getting interested and totally not researching any of this. We are going to uh, leave you with a. or not leave you, but uh, we're going to go to a music break and we're going to start you off with a Panzer Dragoon track, or rather, a track from Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed, because it has some great remixes. And after that, we're going to have you with a Space Harrier remix as requested by JB64326. So, we're going to start off the block with a track from, as I said, from Sonic and Sega All Stars Racing Transformed. This is Dragon Canyon, right here on Radio Sega.
0: Topical
1: Thesis. And welcome back to the Topical Resort right here on Radio Signal. You just heard there was also from Bayonetta, that was Space Harry, Infinite Climax Remix, as requested by Jamie because he wanted to see Return of Space Harry and he wanted that specific remix of it. And for that from Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transform, that was Dragon Canyon, a remix of many songs from the Panzer Dragoon franchise. And now, as our lovely voiceover lady says, it is indeed time for the topical thesis. And for those of you who don't know what the topical thesis is, that's a good question and I forgot to write a tweet. (laughs) So the topical thesis is where I take an opinion that I've heard or I've come up with, you know I've heard it from around the Sega community or I've just made it up off the top of my head, and I give you my spin on it, I give you three points as to why I agree, three points as to why I disagree, and then based on those points I come to a justified conclusion as to whether I agree or disagree with the statement. And um, today I'm going to copy and paste that to save myself a bit of time in writing this tweet. Uh, I also need to retweet that, there we go. Um, apologies. yeah, thank you (laughs) yeah, there is indeed the return of our keyboard typing intensified we're not letting this meme go we will never let this meme go because you know that's how it works but uh, anyway, today's topical thesis is I should get a drum roll sound effect one of these days should a new or old Sega mascot replace Sonic the Hedgehog? I, I believe we probably had questions quite similar to this before, because <laughs> this question seems to come up a lot on a topical resort as to whether Sonic should um, continue to be the mascot of um, Sega themselves. But um, yeah, so today we're actually going to be giving you my opinion on whether it's a good thing that Sonic stays or a bad thing that Sonic stays. So it's... So, um... 3 points for Sonic leaving. Sonic is no longer the best-performing Sega franchise, even if it is the most well-known. Nowadays, you know, franchises like Miku and, um... Football Manager. You know, they... are oh, Total War. Um... What is it? Motorsport Manager. They all sell very well. Sonic sells well, but not as well. So what is the point of having your mascot be a, a franchise which sells meh, in comparison to other franchises? That doesn't make much sense to me. You know. And also you have the fact that um, Sonic has been in the face of Sega for years. Including through the bad times. So a new mascot could signal a new start for the company. Obviously you know Sonic hasn't been the mascot since the 50s. You know, it's not something like that. But he's been the mascot since he was first introduced since the 1990s. 26 years on, he's still the mascot. And nowadays people don't really have the best memories of Sega because of um, all the stuff that sort of happened. You know, the Dreamcast death and then making mediocre games from like 2006 to 2008 and making mediocre games again from about 2013 to 2016. You know, people just, um, you know... And Sonic's been there throughout the whole of that. He, he was sort of the mascot for the bad times as well as the good times. So perhaps having a new mascot... A completely new mascot, or you know, a um, mascot from another franchise. Perhaps you could start all over again and forget the bad times. Perhaps. S- Plenty of franchises also deserve their chance to be recognized, including upcoming ones, and making that the face of the company would be perfect as an advertisement. Um, I, obviously, I can't tell you franchises that haven't been released because I, I'm not psychic. But, you know, there are probably franchises that Sega are working on, or, you know, subsidiaries subsidiaries that Sega are working on right now, and yet they're probably getting nowhere. Um, and that's because, for one simple reason, zero marketing. So surely a genius marketing, marketing tactic would be, you know, getting that new start for the company by um, changing the mascot. also change that mascot to a completely new mascot, the one that you're working on right now. Does that not seem like a bad idea? Well, it could seem like a bad idea. And this is there are some reasons why I think Sonic should stay as the uh, mascot of Sega. So, obviously, we got the uh, easy one. Sonic is iconic and is used to push many Sega games and products. You know, he's the face of everything. He's the face of all their social media presence. He's sort of, you know, on every sort of... On every sort of bit of Sega merchandise. You know, he's got his own line of merchandise, but he's on the Sega-branded stuff as well. He's the front of all the crossover games. He's the front of all like, the crossover uh, multimedia stuff. You know, he, he's he's the front of so many things, and that's for one simple reason. He's iconic. Like People, people who are 30 can still tell you who Sonic, are, Sonic is. People who are probably in their 50s or 60s could probably tell you who Sonic is, even though they haven't played the games. That's an iconic franchise, because... Even people who you know have no interest in the franchise could tell you what the franchise is. So therefore, could it be a bad thing to have an iconic character as the front of your of your uh, company? Another reason is that there is a chance, obviously, that a new mascot might not perform well. Because, you know, that tends to happen. If people don't like it, they're not going to buy it. And if they don't buy it, then it's not going to perform well. And thus, you've created a mascot... Who isn't popular? Uh, there's multiple reasons the mascot cannot be po- or isn't popular, and bad games is obviously going to be the front one of them. So if your first few games are going to be bad, then you know you're not creating a strong brand, a strong character. That's why Sonic became such a strong brand because you know he started off with some great games, and even though you know the quality of his new games is um, obviously you know down to the people playing them, and not everyone has the same opinion. Um, you've obviously, um, you know, there was some quality in the beginning, and I think everyone can agree on that. And that's why it launched into such a successful franchise. And my final reason right here is, um, Sonic still has plenty of life left in him, despite what people say. So you may as well use him up until his expiration date. You know, obviously there's beating the horse, and all that sort of, or beating a dead horse. Just beating the horse. (laughs) It's obviously beating a dead horse and, you know, just milking a franchise for everything it's worth. But, you know, Sonic hasn't got to that point yet. He was at that point in the past, but he's rebounded back from that point. So, what's the point of switching to a new franchise that might not perform as well, and you've got a franchise that still has plenty of plenty of time before his expiration date? Surely that would make sense to use him up until the very last moment. So, in conclusion... I love Sonic, as do many people, but I also love many other Sega franchises. Looking at the argument from both sides as I'm obviously forced to do, I can see that one side I would like I see that there's one side I'd like to see, but probably won't happen, and one side I would like to see as much, but is more logical and isn't a bad decision either. Even though I think there are plenty of Sega mascots who could be just as successful, if not more under the right conditions, cough, cough, Miku. Sonic is, Sonic is synonymous with Sega, as Mario is with Nintendo, and um, I can't think of any other iconic characters, and um, as DRM is with Ubisoft, we'll go with that. Um, and to get rid of him when he's still incredibly popular would be a horrible marketing choice. And would probably, you know, lead to quite a bit of loss in terms of money. <laughs> so although I would love to see a new Sega mascot take the reins, <laughs> I believe it's better in the long run if Sonic stays just where he is. What's your opinion on this opinion? You have many different places that you can get your opinion on this opinion. You can tweet us at RadioSega, at Top Resort at the Green Viper 8 you can send us a message on Facebook at Radio Sega. You can send us an email, topicalresort at gmail.com. You can send us a message on Discord, discord, Or you can send me a private message on the Radio Sega forums. I'm Green 8 You have all those places you can get in your opinion. And now we're going to go back to our chat room, our lovely Discord chat room. Um... Jamie does bring up a good point. Jamie says that um, Sonic was technically the third mascot for Sega since the SG-1000. Obviously, before that was Alex Kidd, and before that was (laughs) Opa-Opa. As Electric Boogaloo has been saying the whole night, uh, Zaxxon is the real face of Sega. (laughs) Because, obviously, Zaxxon. Um, Jamie asked me if I remember this guy, and he um, shows a picture of... What's his name? Oh, no, his name's escaped me. Um I cannot remember his name, so let's open the link and hope it tells me. Um it doesn't. It ah, can't remember his name off the top of my head. It ah, someone please tell me. <laughs> um Chris Professor Asibin, thank you. Thank you very much, Electric Moogly. Um, yeah, Professor Azabin. Actually, I do know him. He was technically a mascot, although, you know, not, like, in the same way that Sonic Alex Kid, or Opa Opa were. He was a mascot in that He was, in like, in the manuals, and he showed up in, like, promotions and stuff, but he wasn't really, like, the face as such of Sega. He could be considered a mascot, as you said, because he was in back of some of the Sega manuals for the SG-1000 games. Um... And as Jamie rightfully pointed out, he got more famous lately thanks to Sega Hard Girls, where he appears as the teacher character for the game. Uh, well, he, he was, actually, Jamie was right. He was also voiced by Eugene Naka, obviously, you know, known as the creator of the Sonic Team. Or as the Sonic Team, the creator of Sonic the Hedgehog is what I meant. That's obviously where he's mostly well-known for. Um, so... Um, Alex Brigley says he's basically Sega's Captain Commando. Okay, so anyway while we wait for some responses to the question, we're actually going to play you some more music but first of all we're going to read you another response to the question which by the way, if you've somehow forgotten it, it was, um, it was what Sega franchises would you like to see return? And we're going to read out Electric Boogaloo's second response. So he says, finally, I would love to see Motor Raid come round again. It's an arcade only, Model 2, uh, Model 2 obviously being the arcade board, futuristic racing game that I wish I played back in the arcades back in the day. Here, you ride around in motorcycles, using your weapons to smash your way to the top of the pack. Uh, I can imagine giving a new motor raid a sort of Wipeout HD Fury aesthetic. Lush, vibrant graphics that work really well in the age of 4K televisions and HDR. And yeah, so, we are going to be playing you a uh, track of my choice, from a Sega franchise I'd like to see return. And then we'll play you Electric Boogaloo's request. So we're going to start off this block right here with a track from Alex Kidd in Miracle World. This is the main theme right here on the Topical Resort.
0: missed an episode and want to catch up want to re-educate yourself on the topic of a previous show download our podcast from the radio sega media section subscribe to us on itunes or stream the show through stitcher discord coolin
1: And welcome back to the Zopka Result right here on Radio Sega. What you just heard there was from Motorade, as requested by Electric Boogaloo once again. That was Cryptic Finals, an absolute banger of a track, if I must say so myself. We don't have this on the Radio Sega 24-7, as with a lot of the stuff Electric Boogaloo actually requests, because he he likes to request a lot more obscure stuff, which isn't a bad thing. In fact, it's a great thing, because, you know, we get to play some obscure tracks. And uh, that will hopefully be added soon. Soon... Please. Before that, from Alex Kidd in Miracle World, that was obviously the main theme of the game which, as Jamie and Electric Boogaloo both pointed out, it is incredibly short the version we have on RS. It needs to be a bit longer. Um, You know, hopefully, please, make it longer. Um, Doan says, a lot's are cool. Maybe a lot can be the next Sega mascot. Yeah. Uh, Who knows? (laughs) During that last song break, we actually got a um, tweet from the official Sega Forever account. Obviously, Sega Forever being um, the mobile, or sort of the main nowadays, mobile um, group from Sega. And they sent they, all they sent was, um, in reply to the topical thesis, hashtag Team Pengo, and obviously Pengo, you know, being one of the un- un- underappreciated mascots of Sega history. So, uh, <laughs> that, that got a lot of us laughing. But yes, anyway, it's now time for the Discord call-in. For those of you who don't know how to join the Discord call-in, Join RadioSC.GF Discord, grab a microphone and join the Chill Out, and from there you have a chance of being on the show. So, uh, as always, we have our typical uh, contestant on the Discord call-in. He's returned once again for another week to come back and wreak havoc on our microphones. Um, so, I guess, um, before we go on, actually, we had a response to the question from uh, Doan, He said, uh, I, I have no clue how to pronounce that, I apologise. Meow meow. says I oh, I'm gonna guess that's Mao. <laughs> Mao says I am not spiky and I purr. Vote for me vote for me as Mascot and I will let you rub my belly. Honest. Also a predictable vote for classic fantasy star returning. Because you know, Doan is obviously a big fan of uh, classic fantasy star, not PSO, fantasy star online, that sort of stuff. So, um, uh, that was sort of expected, but at the same time, it was like I was going to expect at least one person to say, a good Sonic game, you know, we need a good Sonic game. Uh, But that never happened. And a lot of people are actually responding on Twitter now. Um, Someone's responded with uh, Team Opa, Opa, someone's responded with Team Aru. So, um, you know, thank you so much for all these responses right here for... Our actual, um, you know, mascot Sega. Anyway, we're going to drag him on. We're not going to give him a warning because, you know, we don't do that sort of thing around here. Turn your radio off. Why am
4: I always the only one on the
1: show? Because Electric Boogaloo doesn't have a microphone.
4: Get a microphone, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah,
1: true. But anyway, uh, you're on the show now. Deal with it. So what would you like to talk about today, Jamie? Jamie?
4: Uh, first, I'd like to talk about uh, Sonic Mania again, with my recent uh, success of collecting the 7 Chaos Emotors, uh Sonic. Uh, I'd like to say what were they thinking in terms of difficulty when it came to the special stages?
1: The difficulty of the special stages all over the place, so I guess go ahead and elaborate.
4: Well, you got the first four, which are fairly easy to get, and then you get the fifth one, which gets somewhat difficult, the sixth one, which gets extremely difficult, and then the seventh one is like saying, oh, we'll just give you the Chaos Emerald anywhere."
1: Yeah, that's what I thought. I never had any issue with the um, seventh one, but then the sixth one was just... Sixth and fifth one were just in particular. It was just... (laughs) On my first playthrough, it took me so many attempts to get them.
4: It's just it was just so stupid you didn't it was it, the uh, especially the fifth and sixth one you had to get to the uh, was it Mac 3 but on the seventh one you didn't even have to hit that just to get the chaos world
1: I think I think I remember like every time I have played special stage seven I think I've always got it on Mac 2. I've never gone beyond Mac 2 in that special stage. as of all the other ones you, you can, practically can't get it minus glitches without um, using um, Mac 3 or like even Mac 3 ex.
4: Yeah, it's just not the best idea mm. so on top of that we also had the uh, l- recent Sonic Forces uh track released
1: so I guess go ahead and talk about that a bit
4: I don't know what to say because I c- I'm questioning Sonic Forces soundtrack anyway because to me it's not all that remember it's not all that memorable I uh, tha-
1: Honestly, I quite enjoy the soundtrack. I think it's quite nice music, but, um... Just... I, I'm a bit divided on this one, because everyone was saying this was, like, the best song they've revealed so far. But this was the first one where I saw... Even though I was, like... Obviously, my reaction to the chat was, ah, this is so good. It didn't hit me like the other ones sort of hit me, like the custom, uh, The custom hero Park Avenue one. Like, I was like... That one sort of really just punches you around the face with, like, sort of the, um... Yeah, you know, like the punchy beat and all that sort of stuff. Whereas this one is just sort of like, um, I don't really know how to describe it. It's a bit more relaxed, but at the same time, it also has a beat in the background.
4: Too much dubstep, I have to say. Hmm,
1: I, I like them. If that's like the style with the custom character, like the dubstep, I don't mind it too much. Which I think it is. I think dubstep, and that obviously the lyrics are the main like sort of style they're going for. Whereas obviously with classic Sonic, they're going for uh, they're going for dying cats.
4: Yeah, and going back down Sonic falls <laughs> well,
1: someone did bring up a good point the other day, and that um, the I cannot speak the um classic Sonic sections in Sonic Forces might be composed by Jun Just off the way they sound, they might not be done by Otani My que-
4: my question and is if it is again by uh, Jun he went during the classic and yet he couldn't bring back that feeling into uh,
1: Sonic 4. That's why I always sound odd. It, uh, apparently the rumour going round as to why Sonic 4's soundtrack sounds so bad or at least the original one is they were trying to recreate the uh, Mega Drive games by using like a minimal amount of instruments. Which like, in itself isn't a bad idea but like, what are these instruments that you're limiting yourself on? I want to know what they are.
4: The other thing is it seemed like they went more midi direction than Synthesize which the Mega Drive was known for.
1: Exactly, um... Uh, I, it, it doesn't make sense to me, but then, also, considering the backlash it got, why would you bring the Sonic for Episode 1 music back?
4: Yeah, it's like, uh, was it when Green Hill Zone got announced yet again in the Sonic franchise? Uh, I, obviously, I heard what was sounded like Sonic fun Inspiration, but then, about midway during the video, I, I immediately had what was it, Splashware, is it Splash...
1: Splash L. Splashes. <laughs> That's gonna be an RS meme now, and you know it's splash wave. Splash waves. <laughs> it's,
3: like,
1: it's like um, it's like sky high, except it's splash wave because splash wave is now in um, Sonic Forces. You've heard it here, people.
4: Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is the recent uh, announcement by the Traveler Tales founder doing a director's cut of Sonic 3D Flicky's Island.
1: Oh, you have no idea how excited I am about this. I just want to briefly talk about this game. I really like Sonic 3D Blast. I know it's a horrible opinion to have. But uh, most people just have experience with the Mega Drive version, which I honestly think is not the way to play the game. Play the Saturn or the uh, PC version, not just because the soundtrack. Though I do like the soundtrack, but for the Mega Drive one. It's because they're actually playable. Because they actually have proper analogue controls, unlike the Mega Drive version.
4: So so what is it? He's bringing in uh, a level editor, which was used in the early stages of uh, Sonic 3D. Uh, he's bringing in better controls for Sonic. Uh, what else? He's, he's going to implement Super Sonic, which I hope it doesn't go the same route as the hack did, because <laughs> every every water. <laughs> Every water in that game, because it clashed with Sonic's colour palette, made it look like there was streams of pee. <laughs> I
1: forgot all about that act until he mentioned it in the video, and then I'm just like, why? <laughs> uh,
4: so let's... Uh, I hope he does a better job with uh, dealing with the palette clash.
1: Indeed. Yeah, but um, there were like a few other things, that were just like sort of really minor things I think, but I'm actually very excited for this. I sort of hope it isn't one of those things where um, this patch just like falls into obscurity, like a few years after it's released. Like maybe as maybe Sega like DMCA him. Like I hope if like that happens, or he just takes down the download link. I hope it doesn't become lost in the future because this is honestly a really cool thing. The fact that like 20 years later, the original developer of the game is going back and making a fan
4: patch for it. The other thing I'm hoping is uh, if he can is uh, put it onto the Steam Workshop.
1: I feel like that's probably a given I think he probably will do that Like just whack it on the Steam Workshop and replace the awful version that is on there because it's just an emulated version of the Mega Drive version which A is lazy but B the emulation isn't even that good
4: so what was it the other Sonic thing ah, yes, uh, from, uh, if you caught the uh, Sonic stream yesterday the uh, they the, uh, talked about obviously the upcoming IDW uh, published comics yeah. So, so in April there will be four issues released, uh, one weekly, and then I think it's going to a scheduled monthly uh, uh, fan- uh series. I don't think monthly is too bad. And uh, I think it's done by IDW still, but it's got nothing to do with IDW's Sonic franchise. But they're also also releasing a prequel to Sonic Forces.
1: So I guess go ahead and talk about that a bit, because I really don't know too much about
4: that. They didn't speak much about it themselves. All it is is that they're releasing the prequel to Sonic Forces in the form of a comic.
1: Interesting, actually. I, the only thing I really heard about it was that the fact that the Archie team was sort of coming back for it.
4: That's, that's the thing that everyone questioned, because the I had a moment where everyone on Twitch or the YouTube streams could ask the questions, and... People are somewhat interested to see whether or not the Archie characters would return, but the question is, who earns the rights to said characters? Because if it's like Sega earns the rights to the cartoon characters back from the nineties, uh, it's sort of a grey area for the uh, Saturn, Saturn characters. Because. Cause the characters from the M got transferred to the Archie comics from issue one. And it's sort of a great ha- area. Who owns it? Sega, Archie. I feel like probably
1: Sega they, they were given the rights at some point. Because they must have had to get the right... Oh, I feel like probably when they had like a process in creating them. Which would mean they would take the rights away from them. Therefore they probably have the rights. And Archie just, holds yep. like
4: minor rights. So it could be the case where there could be seen in the IDW comics.
1: Yeah... I, I, th- I think that, but at the same time everyone was getting really worked up like...
5: What's going to happen to the Freedom Fighters?
1: <laughs> but it's just sort of like... Even though there was obviously an ongoing story... You get a chance for a completely fresh start. Why not just take that and run with it rather than trying to emulate what the old comic did so much? Even obviously if you do have the same team, but you know, you get- you've got a chance to start completely fresh. Why not start just with like completely fresh characters as well, and you know just sort of ditch like the past uh, 20 years.
4: Actually, just remembering, it could be a char- uh, case where, like, uh, electric Google said, uh, Sega does own them because if I remember quite correctly, uh, in the Fleetway comics, which sadly uh, deceased back in the early 2000s, uh, there was a Sally Acorn character.
1: There's also the fact that Sally Acorn also appeared in uh, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. So the, the rights... Sega must have had some sort of rights in order to use them in both.
4: I'm not counting that episode because I think that was probably... Because that was done in 1993. I think that was at an attempt at a bridging point between Satayim and Adventures until they decided Satayim is going to be in another uh, Sonic world.
1: Yeah, but still, like, the point there that I'm trying to make, sort of, is, um... The fact that in order to use those characters in, uh, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, Sega must at least have some sort of rights to them, and not the team who was working on Satay I
4: don't know *SatAM* came out in the same year.
1: Yeah, but both of them were both made by Dick, obviously, but, um... But, like... Did you just say yes, Dick? Yes, you yes, mean Deke? Made, yes, Deke, yeah. well, uh, yeah, but anyway, um... What is it? Um, but I can't speak now because you've completely thrown me off guard. Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're probably both. Both shows are made by different teams, and I imagine those different teams, obviously, or one team probably owned the license to Satayem if they would have had it. So in order to use the characters on adventures, Sega themselves would have needed the license. Therefore, making me believe that Sega has the
4: license. Yeah. Which that Google is like Sonic Christmas Blast did come out in 1996, but I think it was intended to come out a lot earlier than that. Yeah,
1: because it was meant to time with Sonic. Oh, I mean, it was meant to come out a lot earlier than it was meant to time with Sonic Extreme, and that was cancelled. And then it was meant to, then they just decided that it was all time with Sonic 3 Blast.
4: But yeah, I'm just hoping we do see the characters returning some form because, but face it, they, they are basically the characters when it come. They are the face of the uh, characters when you come to the Sonic comics. That is true, yeah. And to say, just to say goodbye to them after what was it over tw- what twenty years, tw- what, twenty six, five years?
1: I, I, I'm not really sure, but um, I guess. Do you have li- any like, just sort of final comments on the um, the whole situation going with the comics right now?
4: Well, it, obviously, Sega had their reasons to cancel the comics, but it's because it was uh, first you had the Ken Pender situation, which ended up in the uh, the story to get softly rebooted and then that just made the story a bit more sloppy and then you had the whole Wales unite stories with Mega Man. it just kinda went a bit everywhere mm.
1: yeah I can, I can honestly see that but uh, anyway Jeremy thanks so much for coming on the show and um, obviously we'll see you at some point once again in the future so uh, yep. any final words?
4: Uh, yeah, playing Sonic Mania reminds me again that Oil Ocean definitely sucks.
1: Yes, okay, I can agree with you. The Mania version of Oil Ocean does indeed. In suck. general. I actually yeah, prefer but Sonic, Mania. I mean, Sonic 2 isn't that bad. Like, there it's it doesn't have the like stupid difficulty spike that the one in Mania does.
4: It did when you tried to cheat and you were forced to listen to nothing but Oil Ocean until you turned off the console.
1: Yeah, aka okay, the best song in the game. So like, why is that a bad thing, Jamie? Why is that a bad thing? To Tell get... me.
4: I tried to get 14 continues, I wasn't shirt sure wet and there's a little glitch where, because one of the number tracks you played is Oil Ocean, that will play indefinite. No, it's just, hearing that all the time, including over the Sega logo.
1: That is a great, that is a great glitch. I love that glitch.
4: Give me Chemical Plank, give me, look. No, give me Metropolis, the best zone in the game.
1: No, right, okay, that's it, I, I've had enough, I can't deal with this anymore, Jamie, your, your opinions are too bad, even for me.
4: Says you, right, like it's Oil ocean. it's... Yeah, but, yeah,
1: but you mm. like, you, Jamie, you, look, you like Metropolis, your opinion is automatically invalid. I like Carnival night
4: for the barrel.
1: Okay, right, that's it, I've had enough. Goodbye, Jamie. Right, I like Labwiths um, for what it is. I can't take this opinions anymore. We're through, we're through, we're no longer an I. There we go, that was Jamie. <laughs> A rather abrupt end to Jamie's reign, but um, I'm gonna, gonna attempt to get someone else on now, so. Let's uh, start this, and, um. Yeah. Oi oi! <laughs> Oh, look who it is. It's actually a different person on this show for once. Welcome to the show.
5: It's the fat man.
1: Indeed. So, uh, is there anything you'd like to talk about on this episode of the Discord Call-In? This
5: way, exactly.
1: (laughs) Anything Sega-related. Just talk about something Sega-related for, like, five minutes or something. What's been talked about? Uh, We've been talking about... uh, Wait, hang on you're back now uh, we've been talking about Sega franchises that we'd like to see return that aren't Sonic
5: oh uh, oh, oh oh hello yeah like, you know, like, I think it like backed out for something I backed uh, back uh, out you backed out oh <laughs> oh well what, what, what am I in you know, this it, it's a bit bad now. And, cool. uh, and I was saying let like, you know like, what's been like talked about already because like, I don't want to retrace steps so that's already been done
1: uh, we've just been talking about Sega franchises that we would sort of like to see return, so I guess anything that isn't Sonic song we'd <laughs> like to see come
5: back. Yeah, my guest set radio. That, like, needs to come back. That's, like, more, like one of the best games I've played. Yeah, Even though guess... it's kind of, like... Go on. Oh, wait, hang go gone. It's, like, it's kind of like an arcade game, though, because, like, gives you a bunch of points and stuff, but it's kind of just when it was, like... It's like alternative, I'd say, with the with the 20-odd games because, you know, they're both like skating and, and like about racking up points and doing stuff.
1: Yeah, like, definitely a lot more like arcade sort of like rack up the score-based games and, you know, like long um, sort of games that you invest a lot of time into, which I guess <laughs> is like one of the reasons why it, it was one of the more popular Sega franchises. Yeah.
5: Never mind, a game with a good plot. You know, <laughs> his plot was like literally just like, can't stop some guy who, like, who doesn't like skaters. You know, still... cost effective plot that. <laughs> still a better plot <laughs> plot than Forces. Yeah, in. And... <laughs> yeah, man, the bad end of Mania was the best ending.
1: It's <laughs> still better than the good ending for Mania, <laughs> where you can go to the end of Forces.
5: <laughs> or go <laughs> to the start of Forces, or whatever. We're...
1: Oh, okay, well, th- well, this is good.
5: Um, and now I have to talk. Wait, never again. Oh, oh, I'm back, Sunil. I, uh, I would um, but like you're know, like the totally gibaid us without ending. Like, I mean, now we got gibaid us? <laughs> Completely and utterly baited Exactly, indeed.
1: So, um, I guess. Is that really
5: the only other Sega like, franchise you'd like to return? Um, oh, do you like you're know, Like, obviously, the. Um, obviously, like, Shenmue is like, come back in its own little bubble of Kickstarter. I mean, uh. It's, like, oh. separate, but, like, I don't know why Sig, like, you know, like, just didn't publish it, because, for one, it's, a, like, like you know, like, it's a money-making machine. It's, like, SA3. If they made SA3, they'd have, like, like another 2 million in the bank, but they just don't do. It.
1: Yeah that, that's like the exact response but like Shenmue I can sort of get why they didn't do it because at the time Shenmue 1 and 2 were like the most expensive games to ever be made and they put Sega oh, yeah, in a lot true. of financial strain but like nowadays obviously I think in comparison to other games they're nowhere near as expensive or like Shenmue 3 is probably going to be nowhere near as expensive as other games but at the same time it still pro- probably like cost quite a lot of Sega to make which is why ultimately Sega isn't the one um, making it, it's been done independently.
5: Uh, oh man, it can't be as much as financial loss as Cycle Six was. So, like,
1: <laughs> what a loss! A nah, financial just... loss that sold a million copies, mind you.
5: Somehow, <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I like you. Know, like we were, like you know, like we were hyperbated then, man. It was even worse.
1: Hyperbated, <laughs> yeah. But it's like, uh, pray for all the people who bought it at full price on um, launch day. Uh, you know? my, I'm looking I, at I like my brother did. <laughs>
5: Oh my god, I just feel I know, like, like so you know, sorry. I know, like, you know, like Imagine getting normal on that game thinking, yes, it's gonna be good, and playing like the levels, and you like glitch through the stage, and you're just thinking, oh no.
1: <laughs> That's exactly what I did, he bought it like full price day one, <laughs> and then just, <laughs> he's like I'm never buying a Sonic game full price again, because of <laughs> how just completely betrayed I feel at uh, this game.
5: <laughs> I'm done. Then, like, I don't think, like, when they saw Generations, like, they sold like the Soul Sonic game full price. Haven't they? I don't think so. No. Well, apart from like, like Lost World still being like thirty quid, even though it's been out for like three years.
1: Yeah, Lost World is like the most expensive game pre-owned. It's so ridiculously um, expensive. I don't know why. <laughs> It's not even that good. <laughs> it costs less to buy on knows, Steam man. than it does to buy pre-owned on Wii U.
5: Who knows man. I uh, but like other oh, franchises like come back, well like probably just like in a, in, like you know, like another um, crazy taxi game because it, like like even though it's kind of redundant in itself with having a bunch of games on different other, like other consoles. It just be good to like bring back. It's like like the comparison that we make was when they remastered them, um, like Years of War, because bought it back for like just with being all like older's out, and then they remastered it, like to make it look pretty as hell. let gonna do that again.
4: The, it's
1: the um it was like there are HD versions of the game, but like all they did was basically just port it. It's not actually HD. It's just like upscaled. Yeah. Like if they made a proper <laughs> HD version and. Oh, yeah, also the issue with like the quote-unquote HD version, like the Xbox 360, is it uses a completely different soundtrack, which is nowhere near as good as the original. Yeah. But um, they seem to have like the licensing sorted out because like the most recent version that came out on uh, mobile actually has the original soundtrack. So like, if they made an HD version, they could probably bring back all the original music now. So that would be like the perfect I don't remaster. Know.
5: I'm oh, and make it beautiful, you know. Add, add an Uber thing to it, you know. Add an add a Uber sponsor, you know, like you know, like the Sega way. and you know, just sell it for like thirty quid, and then it will be all good.
1: Indeed. Anyway, um, I guess you have any like final words you want to say before I uh, drop the call? Scrub. Um,
5: Aye, the forces. It's like you know, like probably going to be like 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 a six out of ten. Eight, even before the Shadow DLC gives us like. No context to anything. It you costs DLC. It costs ten quid. Shadow see DLC. All it does is give us corridors
1: where you run left and then you get <laughs> boosted up by a spring, then run right, then get boosted up by a spring.
5: That's what it's gonna be. What is level design? You know
1: that is a good question. No one knows. Like it's just a myth.
5: Like it's like I like. I think forces in general is gonna be alright. It's just like like compared to mania and it's just nowhere near gonna be good in quality
1: indeed so uh anyway king thanks so much for coming on the show and uh speak to you again
5: later uh, 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 i don't know, like, you know, like see you in a bit boy see you in
1: a bit boy and that was the king and now it's time to get on with the Toppy mix and as you don't know what the Toppy mix is it's basically i like take a sega track uh, which I've been listening to all week, which hasn't been related to the topic of the episode. I take a uh, remix, which is related to the topic of the episode, and I take a non safe track, which isn't related to the topic of the episode. And um, I don't know why, but this song shuffled on, and since I've been addicted to it, because it's quite a catchy song, um, it is a bit of PSG love, for those you who don't know what PSG is. It is the Master System's sound chip. So, you know, um, it later on in Japan, it received the FM sound chip, which quote unquote sounds a lot nicer because on paper yes it does sound a lot nicer but the music no no way near the quality that the psg is in my opinion so to kick off the toppy mix block we're going to start off with the bonus stage music from sonic the hedgehog 8-bit so this is the topical result right here on radio sega and you're listening to the toppy mix block the only way to end off the show i guess
3: Let's get scratchin'
1: And for one last time, welcome back to the Topical Resort, right here on Radio SEGA. What you just heard there was from Super Smash Bros. Brawl, that was Gourmet Race, a remix of obviously the classic Kirby tune. Speaking of remixes before that, from Sound Sonic Stadium 2015, Tropical Paradise, or should I say Topical Paradise, ha ha ha, no one has ever made that joke before. That is, that was over and over, as done by our very own Rexy, who's about to be on next with SEGA Mixed Drive right Live at 9pm BST, playing you the best SEGA remixes from all around the community. And, the very first track of the block was from Sonic the Hedgehog, the 8-bit version, that's the bonus stage theme. And we, it appears that we have come to the end of the show, unfortunately, and by unfortunately, I mean, um, not unfortunately, because you are expecting it. So, thank you so much to everyone who participated today, it really does mean a lot to me. And, um, Electric Poogaloo actually had one last response, he said, um, I think Sonic is too ingrained in pop culture and Sega itself, there is no way he, they can dump him now. That said, I would like to see Opa Opa get some push again. That shit. That sh- Why did I have to stumble over my words at that precise point? <laughs> no. <laughs> that ship is just way too adorable. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Okay, so anyway, um. Thank you so much <laughs> to everyone who has listened to the show. And as for what next time has in store after constant constant messages from Jamie constant months of him telling me to do it, constant months of him telling me to host this specific show it's finally happening so next Friday we'll finally be hosting the Sega Commodore 64 games episode as for now I've been Green 8 you all have been absolutely lovely thank you so much all for listening today it means a lot to me that you guys are keeping the topical Resort running once again and, um, yeah, I will see you guys next time. So I'm going to leave you with a track from the PS2 version of OutRun. This is Splashwave Wave Arrange version. I've been GreenVaporate. And, as always, I want you guys to all stay topical.